This is Steve Goodrich, known on the trail as Bird Shooter, and this is N2 Backpacking, a podcast for both hikers and backpackers. Hey backpackers, Bird Shooter here. And tonight on the show, Bart Smith is back to tell us about his thru-hike of the nearly 800-mile Arizona Trail. We last spoke with Bart two years ago in episode 59, but the man who hiked it all has returned to explain why the Arizona Trail is among his favorites and tell you everything you need to know to hike it. I also want to mention that the N2 Backpacking Podcast just went live on Amazon this week. You don't even need a Prime membership to stream it. So check us out there, and if the winter snows have you dreaming of warmer climates, or if COVID-19 has you feeling cooped up in the house, let Bart explain why the Arizona Trail may be perfect for you this coming spring. Here's episode 85. All right, this is Bird Shooter. I'd like to welcome Bart Smith to the show this evening. Bart, a.k.a. Infinite Dust on the trail, has hiked 35,000 miles on the National Scenic and Historic Trails of the United States, but is here tonight to discuss one of his favorites, the Arizona Trail. Bart, welcome back to the show. Well, thank you, Bert Schurter. This is uh, it's cool to be back. You said two years ago was the last uh, last we talked? Yeah, it's been two years. Um, and, you know, one thing I remember from that conversation was uh, the Arizona Trail was one of your favorites, and this is perfect perfect timing to get back on that subject with it being winter right now, and a lot of people are cooped up because yeah. of, of COVID. So, uh, what a, you know, what yeah. I'm sure a lot of them are thinking what they could do to get outside. Yeah, yeah. Well, I'm thinking that too, you know. But, <laughs> but it's always, yeah, really fun to go back to the, uh, you know, to revisit some of my favorite. Yeah, and you're, yeah, you're right. I, I said it was my favorite trail. I mean, every one of my, tra- <laughs> every one of my, tra- every one of the trails that I've walked, um, you know, I, they're all special in their own way. But the Arizona Trail just—it's so unique in that um, it covers such a wide variety of uh, environments. You know, you, obviously the desert comes to mind. But, um, you know, it goes through a lot of, uh, you know, Ponderosa area and uh, the uh, Sky Islands and just a a really wide variety of area. Yeah, look forward to talking about it. It's a perfect time of year, right, with it being winter, and it's obviously probably beautiful in Arizona right now weather-wise. So, Yeah, there'll there'll be a lot of snow up in the... um, San Francisco Peak area this year, they're, they're getting quite a bit. Yeah, that, that is in my list of questions to ask you about. But before we tear into the uh, Arizona Trail, just just curious, it's been two years since we've talked. What, do you, what have you been up to personally, hiking? Uh... Yeah, yeah, well, thanks for asking. And uh, it last, uh, the last two years have really, <laughs> pretty, um, last year especially, 2019, was uh, really hectic in a good way because I was working on finishing two book projects, both which are near and dear to my heart, and which I've put years of effort into them. And so it was really gratifying to get that all wrapped up. One of them was um, uh, the book um, that uh, America's uh, National Historic Trails. And so it covers the, uh, the 19 National Historic Trails. And uh, Karen Berger uh, does a fantastic job with the text on the book and um, really proud to 
lucky to have Ken Burns and Dayton Duncan do the forward. Wow. And uh, just, yeah, no, really proud of that book. It came out in um, October. And so, but then another book that came out is the uh, more closer to my area, which is the Pacific Northwest, and that's Hiking Trails of the Pacific Northwest. And it's a big, beautiful, um, beautiful book that I've been working on for 25 years. So have both those come out. And then uh, this past year, then with the COVID, you know, that's just changed everything for everybody. Yeah. And um, still trying to kind of figure out where the future is going to lead us in the next, you know, it's hard to plan for hikes in the near future just because really not sure what the situation is, but, you know, hopeful, obviously, with the vaccines coming out and everything. Yeah, yeah. Well, you got some big hitters endorsing your books. I want to remind the listeners uh, to go back and listen to episode 59. It's The Man Who Hiked It All. Backpacker did a great article about you, which is when I reached out. Um, but uh, for, yeah, for, for those yeah, for those that aren't familiar, right, you, you have completed 30 of the National Scenic and Historic Trails in the United States. You did it just in time for the 50th anniversary of the National Trails Act. So. Yeah, yeah. Even actually finished on the... Uh, that was kind of part of the goal, and I didn't even have any idea if I'd be able to finish on the day, which was October 2nd mm-hmm. of uh, 2018, uh, which was the 50th anniversary of the signing of the National Trails Act. And um, I was completing the Lewis and Clark Trail, which was the last of the 19 National Historic Trails. But uh, I didn't know, you know, whether I could finish at St. Louis um, on the 2nd, but I did. was able to make it, which was pretty cool. But what's kind of funny is they now added um the lewis and clark trail now extends to pittsburgh oh so the, yeah so after finishing the lewis and clark uh, i'll have to uh or i get to i hope to someday walk the section from uh st louis to pittsburgh to finish that yeah, they, uh, they gave you something else to work on there bart that that's right that's right that's yep. funny hey so you're still you're still in in washington right i think i remember you're around the tacoma area aren't you Correct. Uh, yep, Lakewood. Okay, awesome. Beautiful part of the country. Yeah, 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 yeah. it is. It really is beautiful. Uh, we also talked a lot about your photography in the last uh, episode and um, how you've documented all these trails, which is very interesting. Um, are, you, are you still taking a lot of pictures? Well, uh, certainly up to last year. Like I say, with the COVID situation, I, I do for fun on just day hikes that are I'm lucky to live near a nice park where I can you know walk. I really thank goodness for that. I mean, because uh, this last year, you know, it has been tough for everybody. Yeah, but, um, you know, so just that kind of photography. But I haven't been um, just this past year. Now, like I say, the year before, I was driving all over, literally drove around the country. I mean, like a big circle around the country photographing for the historic trails, re-photographing some of the areas. Okay. As well as in, intensely photographing the um, Pacific Northwest for the uh, for the hiking trails of the Pacific Northwest book. So, okay, yeah. So I have been busy just up until, you know, the COVID hit. Yeah, it sounds like that would keep you busy. I know when we talked last time, the Arizona Trail was among your favorites. Um, ready to kind of tear into that Absolutely. right now. Absolutely. What, what was so special about the uh, Arizona Trail? Well, yeah, and I, I kind of sound like a broken record because everything it's about the photography and it just I love exploration and, and exploring different environments, you know, through the lenses and kind of sharing my sense of wonder. And with uh, the Arizona Trail, just with the Sonoran Desert, um, to me, it's just a magical place. If you can obviously hit it at the right time, you know, when the 
flowers are out and when the, it's uh, a pleasant 75 degrees or something like that. And not yeah. 110. But, but they, and that's kind of the magic of it as well is because, I mean, when you, when you uh, hike through the Sonoran Desert, when it's pleasant um, and you can just appreciate how, you know, rare that is. And mm-hmm. so it kind of adds a, a bit of a, I don't know, I just really enjoy the, uh, the cactus in the Sonoran Desert. So uh, for that reason, I was just really uh, thought it was a good idea to, um, I, I was glad that they designated the Arizona Trail in the National Scenic Trail System, you know, in 2009. It, it, um, it gave me one more, they actually designated three new trails. So in 2009, I walked the uh, Arizona Trail, then the uh, New England Trail, and then the uh, Pacific um the Pacific Northwest Trail. Yeah. But uh, so yeah, I did the Arizona Trail in 2009, which is going to be a while ago. But um, it's fun for me to go back and look at the images. And the cool thing about with um, digital, you know, is because uh, we can look at the, see what date it is. So I can see when I started and mm-hmm. see when I finished and all that kind of thing. In the days of film, you couldn't do that. So Yeah, yeah. The, those film days, yeah. the bulk film loaders and those sort of thing. That was a long time ago, huh? Yeah, well, I mean, it wasn't, but it was. I mean, it was only 20 years ago yeah. when I, I had to carry, you know, um, probably, well, like 20, usually 20 to 40, um, about 20, 20 rolls of 36 exposure film. So digital definitely has helped, yeah. It's definitely yeah. a lot easier. So let, let, just to give the listeners yeah. some background on the Arizona Trail, it's, uh, what, around 800 miles. It basically runs from the Utah border to uh, Mexico through the state. Yeah. Um, do you, yeah. you have any idea how many through hikers are doing the trail these days or how many there were when you were on it? Well, I know that when I did, um, like I say, 2009 and it had just started, it was just designated as a national scenic trail, but it was still definitely on hikers bucket list even before that. But, um, the year I did it, I was kind of surprised how, well, I only saw ran into two other through hikers Wow. and, um, yeah, yeah, I know, kind of, um, and it was uh, as partly because I started a little late for the uh, spring window, um, which I think a lot of people I, I start, and I'm guessing like, um, well, I'm not guessing, but like early March, and um, so then you get into March, but um, I uh, ended up starting later for various reasons. I wanted to start earlier, but it's hard to get everything wrapped up. And uh, but so started April 9th and okay. then uh, finished finished on May 30th. So uh, I think it was like 52 days uh, through hike. Yeah, is that a little and, is that uh, a little late in the season? Does it start to get pretty hot at, at those times? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's what I'm saying. I was on the tail end of the window, uh, starting the time window, I should say, and uh, started April 9th, and that was that that was late. Um, it was beautiful when I went through Sonoran Desert. I mean, went through like Sonoran um, National Park. Uh, it was perfect, um, but then uh, it got hot pretty quickly. And it was a hot year. It's like every year's hot now, isn't it? But um, they were having close to record heat in like Phoenix Mm -hmm. on some of the time when I was hiking it. And um, and yeah, that was some of the toughest um, heat I've had to deal with. Yeah. Yeah. What are we talking? Are we talking like 110, 100 degrees? What did What did you run into? Yeah. Yeah. I I think it was like 110 in Phoenix, and and when I went through the. 
four peak wilderness. And so it was probably close to that, I'm guessing. Uh, and um, at that time of year, I, I was just, a lot of the springs were getting close to, you know, drying up or not, not so much as, uh, springs, but water sources mm-hmm. um, were, were starting to dry up. So I was on the tail end of that as well. Yeah. Um, okay. So yeah, that's the, uh, that's a unique fact or factor of the uh, Arizona trail where it is fairly seasonally. Um, there's a big, uh, you want to time it right. Whereas, uh, and I don't know how many people do it in autumn, but I would think that that would be a, a bit more of a challenge just cause, uh, there wouldn't be as much water, Yeah. but, right. uh, I don't know if people, how often people do it. I know that people have, you know, do it, but, uh, spring I, I think is the, uh, to me would be the, the best time to go. And that would be starting in March starting in March rather than April. Right, right. I remember you saying that from when we talked last time. And I want to talk more about the water yeah. here for a second. I did actually check on the, the website at the uh, Arizona Trail, and they had about 37 mm-hmm. people that did it or at least completed it in 2020. And some of those were section hikers. Oh, but um, just to give mm-hmm. the listeners a, a rough idea of, of what the numbers are like today, because that's about 10 years after you did it or 12, really. Um, right. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Um, tell tell us about how you get to the starting points. Did you go northbound or southbound? Started at the Mexican border at the um, Coronado uh, National Monument. Okay. And then, uh, yep. So, and th- that seems to be the most common way to go from from what I understand. But uh, yeah, so that's that's how I did it. And. Um, and that was partly because I was starting late. You know, I, I had to get through the desert sections. Oh, before uh, it got hot, yeah. Right, right. But does, I thought I looked at the profile map, and it looked like that the elevation would actually favor you going southbound. Isn't it easier, you know, in terms of elevation the other direction? Uh, that could be. Um, that's probably right. I, yeah. I know that if you were to start in uh, spring, it, I, I would think that it would be kind of a challenge – just for the section going through the uh, San Francisco peaks, yeah, you you have to deal with a fair bit of snow, but um, it probably, I mean, I'm sure it's doable, but that might be uh, one challenge. Yeah, yeah, and I want to talk about that too. Hey, but before we talk about the peaks and the snow, because that was a big question I had for you, when, um, like, how did you get to the, how did you actually get to the start? Did you have to rely on trail angels? Did, you know, did a family member drop you off or? Yeah, no, I ended up having to um, store my uh, van, I had a, a Ford Windstar, okay. and uh, stored it somewhere at, at a motel. I, you know, I paid for rent, and then, uh, yeah, that, and then somehow got a I think I, the motel owner drove me to the uh, trailhead, and then um, coming back, uh, um, some people that were affiliated with the uh, Arizona Trail Association set up a uh, uh, fellow who could who uh, drove me back to Flagstaff, and then somehow I got a, a bus from Flagstaff down to um, is it something Vista Sierra Vista? Okay, yeah, which is not, which is not too far from the from the trail head. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It sounds like the Arizona Trail Association is really super active. Their website was pretty impressive, and I actually had part. One of the reasons I reached out to you on this was because I had somebody that was interested in um, ha- having an interview with a member of the 
Arizona Trail Association. And I, mm-hmm. I just shot a note back. It's like, you know, it's funny you're asking because I had just talked to Bart about doing a show on the Arizona Trail. So, um, but it sounds like they're super yeah. active. They are. They are. When I was doing it, it was pretty cool because they were really focused on uh, trying to complete the trail by 2012, and uh, which would have been, which was the hundredth year anniversary of the statehood. And uh, they were able to pull it off. I mean, and the Arizona Trail, which, I mean, when you look back, it, it, it was really as a brainchild of um, a teacher in Flagstaff, uh, Dale Showalter, I believe was his name. Okay. And um, this is just like in the mid 80s when he tried to get things, you know, people energized about it. And it was, it only took like 15 years to um, piece it all together. But there was, there was a lot of uh, trail that they had to put in. When I did it in 2009, there was definitely a, a number of areas where you could see they had, you know, put in a lot of new tread. Okay. So it's, I mean, the, the state of Arizona really has kind of um, gathered around the idea of the trail, and they're very supportive. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it's cool kind of terrain to go through, and I want to ask you about that. It's also a statement that this was on your short list of, you know, one of your favorites out of. 30 plus trails that are, are long distance that you've done. So that, that caught my interest right away. Um, yeah, yeah. Yep. Yep. So let, let's, Bart, let's talk about the, um, the winter season, because I, I know those upper elevations get some snow. You know, when is too early to do the Arizona trail? Could you actually feasibly even do it in like January or February? Um, I, I'm sure, I'm sure there are people that could, <laughs> um, I don't know if, uh, it would be really tough um, going through San Francisco peaks. I mean, there's, I don't know how much snow there'd be now, um, five feet. Wow. I'm guessing. Okay. But a lot of snow, yeah, through the San Francisco peaks. And then the, um, you know, they have skiing at um, in the Rincon Mountains in San, Santa Catalina. So uh, that's one of the sky islands that uh, the Arizona Trail goes, it's a lot of elevation. Uh, you think it's going to be desert. You know, and it is for vast areas, but a lot of elevation up and down through the Sky Islands, and every one of those Sky Islands would have snow um, that you'd be dealing with in the wintertime. Yeah, I think I saw that, like, the San Francisco peaks where you were talking, you're, what, like around 9,600 in elevation. Um, and I think, is it Flagstaff that has a lot of the ski, the yeah, skiing yeah, area? Yeah, yeah, Well, can mm-hmm, you explain mm-hmm, the whole concept yeah. of um, Sky yeah. Islands? Uh, well only rudimentary basically it's just like the deserts the ocean and you have these mountain that you could call them they're not really ranges they're just uh small ranges is what they are is uh that come out of the desert and um and they have a completely different uh, you know with every thousand feet you go up you just enter a, a different environment so once you get up to the very top you're going from uh you're in the ponderosa pine and then, uh, then you start going back down, and you start getting into, um, you know, the pinyon pine, and then, and then the desert country, and then you're down into the cactus. And it's just pretty interesting, just from a different environments in a short range of mileage. Yeah. Okay. That you're dealing with. So, so even in the springtime, um, you know, it's easy to think that you're just going to bring a, a lightweight sleeping bag, but it could be that you'll be dealing with cold weathers in some of the higher elevation areas. Yeah, you know, and I want to turn you into a, a meteorologist here, but how do you get snow in a desert? Uh, you know, that's interesting to me. You got a dry climate, but yet you get snow. How does that work? Um, well, you're right. I'm not a meteorologist. 
with like I say, with the with the Sky Islands, they um, they're so much higher by a thousand thousands of feet that they're just if there's moisture, they'll retain the snow for for mere, uh, like in this time of year, they're getting a lot of uh, precip going through. Yeah, I guess you know they're 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 probably picking off uh, you know some of the moisture that the lower elevations just would never see, right? Because they're so high up. Yeah, yeah, that, that's right. Yep. Did did you hike uh, Did you hike the Arizona Trail solo then? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, most of the um, national scenic trails I've ended up hiking uh, uh, solo, and uh, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Did Did you run into I mean, you know, I guess you, you've got day hikers. You got people out for a night. You got some section hikers. Did you run into other people a lot? Um, I, I wouldn't say a lot. Uh, I mean, pretty pretty rarely. Um, like you say, you would I would run into day hikers, and uh, ran into the two guys that were um, doing the, the through hike. They were the only other through hikers, and they were going uh, taking like uh, several months which is kind of a cool way to do it. Um, okay. They were just going super slow and having a great time. But, um, yeah, they were the only through hikers. Uh, and then uh, um, in certain sections, you know, when you're closer to um, Tucson and that kind of stuff, you'll get um, some mountain bikers in some, some of the locations and some uh, horseback folk. And then, you know, it's, it's kind of fun to, you know, see people as well after – after a couple of days without seeing much, so yeah, you know, and when I went to the website, I was checking out the 2020 list, and a lot of there's a fair number of people on here that took multiple years, so they're obviously section hikers. So yeah, and and uh, the Arizona Trail is one of those trails that makes sense to do it as a section hiker because then you can pick each environment, you know, at its best time. Yeah, right. That makes sense. Total, totally makes sense. <laughs> Um, yeah, and it's easier to plan. Um, for uh, my challenge, and it'd be interesting to know what people have done since, because like I say, when I when I did it, it was the first year it was a national scenic trail, and um, uh, but it was a real challenge. Uh, well, I couldn't. I, I failed. <laughs> I couldn't get the permits for the Sonoran Desert National Park, um, and so when I came through, I didn't have a permit. And, uh, I, I kind of thought that I would just be able to hike through pretty fast, but, uh, it was, they did catch me <laughs> and it was a, a $72 fine, you know, but it goes to, a, you know, it goes to the national park. So didn't mind that. But, um, but then on the, on the grand Canyon kind of had the same scenario where, um, because the bright angel, uh, campground is so, Full. Mm-hmm. Um, it's hard to get reservations for that, right. and it'd be interesting to know. I, I don't know what the what the um, it, now that it's a, been a national scenic trail for a while, if they have uh, different rules for people that are trying to do the through hike. But I tried to walk the uh, entire Grand Canyon in a day um, because I couldn't get the permits. But I just figured, okay, I'll see if I can do the whole thing in a day, and I came close. Um, but I ended up. Uh, happened it just got dark and like at 12 midnight ended up stealth camping and then had to get up at five and i was hoping i could get over up over the rim before a ranger came down um and uh, i was able to do it but yeah. so uh this so i didn't um have to pay the but that would be a 200 hundred dollar fine wow okay. so there is some logistic challenges with the uh, dealing with the um 
national parks. Yeah, so I mean, the, the Grand Canyon's probably legit. Are you dropping all the way down to Colorado, like five thousand feet, and coming out in a single day? Oh yeah, well, yeah, yeah. I mean, that, well, it, that was my plan, and the day that I did it, it was so spectacular. And you know, my goal is to photograph everything as thoroughly and as compelling as I could. And I got we had real dramatic um, skies going through the um, Bright Angel Canyon area. And I was like, man, I, I can't just pass this up. So t- it did take a long time photographing and then um, and then just ran out of energy and, and light and uh, ended up having to just, uh, but the, the fear was the next morning. I mean, it is $200 fine. And like I say, it goes to a good cause, but uh, yeah. it would just be interesting to know what they, what the recommendations for folks now doing the uh, National Scenic, you know, if they're doing the through hike, because it was, it's just so many people, um, reserve the camps through the Grand Canyon that it's a challenge to uh, get any permits. Yeah, that's a pretty steep find for a through hiker. Usually, through hikers aren't working on a, uh, a massive budget, so that that's pretty painful. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Wow. That's right. Obviously, it goes through two national parks. We just talked about them. Um, did, did, am I missing yeah. any others? Are there any other national parks? Well, there's the Cor- It starts at the Coronado National Monument, so I guess that'd be okay. All right. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Did you have a favorite of the two? I mean, the Grand Canyon is pretty awesome. So um, I, I I wouldn't be shocked if you yeah. the canyon. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, but but like I say, the the Sonoran Desert, um, you know, just the saguaro cactus. I just, you know, I could photograph them all day. I just it's such a cool environment that I really do like the Sonoran, um, the excuse me, the saguaro national park. Yeah. You it's know. Just, yeah, spectacular. You know, haven't been there myself. I think one of the things that's really cool, and, and you're a photographer, and I'm sure you've photographed this, but is the night sky. Mm-hmm. Like the night sky in the desert's insane. I mean, it's it's amazing. You, you yeah. don't have all the humidity oh, yeah. that you have in the south. You can see so much. Did you uh, Did you get any cool exactly. night shots? Yeah, uh, um, in, in certain areas. Yeah, yeah, yep. I was in at this one camp that had these um, sycamore trees and. Uh, they they have kind of a no bark on them, so like a real smooth skin, and it's kind of white, and uh, is like moonlight, and it's just really cool, kind of spooky images through the uh, through the sycamore. So yeah, yeah, yeah I, I, I love doing night like uh, night photography. The challenge, you know, when when you're through hiking and hiking all day, um, uh, I love hiking or photographing into the, the dusk, but uh, and I do need to get sleep at some point. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. You got to recharge those batteries, no question. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, did, now, I guess you you were trying to get through there in a in a time frame. So you probably did not go into the Grand Canyon Village and resupply and do any of that, or did you did you stop there? Yeah, yeah. No, well, I stayed there one day. Yeah, um, and one of the coolest experiences along the entire National Scenic Trail system for me was um, when you're walking, when you leave the San Francisco Peaks area, you're just kind of walking through this flat, um, you could kind of say boring, but pleasant, very easy walking through the um, this miles, like 20, 20 miles, I'm guessing, maybe somewhere in that, or 25, mm-hmm. of, um, you know, just that pinion, and then it becomes, um, you get into beautiful, Ponderosa, but it's all flat, you know, and nothing. And then all of a sudden, you kind of see something off in the distance, little dip, 
and uh, and then you get closer and closer, and then uh, the trail comes out at uh, there's a lookout tower, and uh, so we'll walk up to the lookout tower, and that's where you get your first view of the um, you know hint of the Grand Canyon, and even then it's still you walk all the way up to it, and it's oh my god, but to come to you know experience that after walking 20 miles of just kind of flat, boring country, it just um, really. You, it's even more impressive than, you know, somebody put that drive up to it. It, it is an amazing experience, even driving up to it and visiting it. But the one you walk it, it's like, wow. It's one of the world wonders for a reason. I, I was curious when you walked yeah. into the village, though. Man, that must have been surreal when you're essentially in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, so on two different levels, you know, just a geologic thing. And then just all of a sudden, all this mass of people. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what yeah. can you explain? Can you explain what that's like when you go from just all that solitude to just insane numbers of people? Well, I mean, really, my mind's more on getting to the cafeteria and, and getting the food or something. But I'm just having some something to eat. But um, it, it, no, it is weird. Yeah. And uh, and then yeah, 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 I mean, you can smell people. They smell. Yeah, it's um, more clean, or you know, God knows what I smell like. <laughs> that, but, that goes both ways, um, man. Yeah, and and that's you know, you kind of have to think. Oh, you know, if you're eating at a table or something, you got to be a little respectful. Oh yeah. Other, other, but and just yeah, the sheer amount of of people and cars and it is weird. Yeah. It's, I mean, uh, were you were you just really happy that you had the Grand Canyon experience and that you could move on and then you know have some solitude again? Oh yeah, yeah. Now I, I do like solitude. I mean, you, you, uh, like I say, I like most of the trails solo, and um, it just, I just I love solitude. I, I like uh, yeah. I don't dislike people or anything, but uh, um, it's uh, it, it was it's nice to leave you know the south south rim, and then uh, and then there's a lot of people going down, and that's cool. You know, kind of camaraderie camaraderie with the folks coming down but then once you go start hiking back up i don't think i saw anybody uh if i did i don't remember but yeah very few people coming down from the north rim okay yeah that, that is yeah. uh really pretty so one of the things i wanted to ask you was about the um the backcountry camping so i'm guessing there's no shelters on this trail right unless you're maybe in a national park that's got a designated yeah campsite. technically there's yeah, no, that's basically right. Okay. There is one, one cabin I remember, and then there's one structure that you could use if you're in an emergency kind of thing. But, it, but yeah, generally, yeah, the whole thing's a tent camping. Yeah, I figured that was the case. Um, and mm-hmm. so I'm curious about the desert areas though, because they've they've got to be. I mean, so you were talking about the flowers, so that's got to make them super pretty. But are the, the desert areas kind of boring, or is that not really the case? It can be. Yeah, no, no, there, yeah, there's a lot of, um, area where you're going through, uh, you know, kind of scrub, um, area, uh, but, and then there's a cat's claw, which you'll become well acquainted with because it's, uh, uh, just grows out, covers the trail pretty quickly. I mean, you know, reaches out from the trail and they, they they named it aptly because it, um, I, I wore some people, you know, are smart and they wear uh, pants because uh, you will get a little cut up if you uh, from the cat's claw. Okay. If you wear shorts, but I mean, I just with the desert, I just prefer the shorts and get a little cut up. But uh, 
with a um so yeah that's and when i went through i mean there were sections um that had already i had already overgrown the arizona trails it's one of those trails that's kind of a challenge to manage um to keep it um you know uh, where people can go through and not lose the the trail because some areas really do grow over very quickly especially after these forest fires have gone through yeah god that's a big deal with the de- with that's a big deal with the West right yeah, now. Yeah, with everywhere it is. I know. It's like the Pacific Crest Trail is probably a completely different like, hiking experience than when I did it. Um, and, and when I did it, there was there were certainly large areas of forest that was burned off. But in the, um, yeah, I mean, you're right, on so many of our trails, it's like, you know, burned off forest is kind of becoming the common experience. And in the desert, um the underbrush can really grow up, you know, quickly. Hmm. So it's a, you know, you really have to tip your hat to the Arizona trail association and the volunteers who um, maintain the trail because it, it, it requires a lot of maintenance. Yeah. All the trails do. I mean, yeah. Kudos, as you say, to the volunteers, cause they would, those trails wouldn't be there yeah. without them. Um, Absolutely. Between the desert and like the high mountains. I mean, I think I know the answer, but I got to ask it. Um, what, what did you enjoy more in terms of hiking? Uh, well, I guess I'd have to say the desert just because really I, I've done a lot of hiking. Uh, what, when you say high mountains on the Arizona trail, yeah, well, or like, just yeah. the high mountains in period. No, no. I mean, on the Arizona if, trail. if we're just talking about the Arizona trail, um, yeah, I mean, just to me, the desert, uh, I, um, yeah, just with the cactus and the, uh, interesting wildlife, um, the, the Gila monsters. I mean, they're, they're pretty <laughs> awesome little That's critters. Cool. Well, and they've got a whole um, they've got a whole wilderness named after them, right? There you go. Yeah, there you go. and a river too. Right? And I saw, I actually saw saw the most or the uh, the rarest animal I'll, I'll pro- likely ever see. I didn't get a photograph of it, but uh, it was um, it was a cat. I mean, it looked uh, and at first I thought, is that a bobcat or is it a cougar? But you can see it wasn't. I mean. It was, it was gray for one thing, really like a battleship gray hmm. and uh, smaller than a cougar. In fact, a little smaller than a uh, bobcat. But anyway, I thought, so what the hell is that? And uh, um, it looked at me, I looked at it for uh, probably not that long, five, five seconds or something like that. And then I just, I was trying to get my, I had a point and shoe that I keep in a uh, fanny pack that I was thinking maybe I could get it out to get a photograph, mm-hmm. but uh, it took off. But um, it ended up being what I think is called a jugger, jugger, jugger. I'd have to look up or something like that. Hmm. But um, it, it, yeah, the, the, it's a cat species that uh, covers from Argentina up to, they say, the U.S.-Mexican border. And this was like um, uh, where I thought was close to the uh, Saguaro National Park. So that that's like a hundred miles into the U.S. So it was probably pretty far north for its uh range but yeah, uh, interesting that's really cool actually yeah. did you uh um, yeah yeah i mean you know i'm sure listeners are probably curious about snakes right you got a ton of <laughs> ton of rattlesnakes in the desert did uh, was that ever an issue for you uh um when you say issue um i mean you're always uh, the, the kind of uh, scary part is when you have a long stretch of trail uh going through grass you know where you can't necessarily see where you're stepping um 
So that can make you uneasy uh, times. But uh, general, what I like about the rattle, I mean, I, the fact that they rattle, they let yeah. you know, you know, that uh, just stay away from me and I'll stay away from you. And uh, but, um, it, oftentimes when they're rattling, they'll just they'll stay there so they don't go away. And so from a photographic standpoint, um, you know, then I just get out the tripod and get some awesome photographs. Yeah. So yeah, I got a lot of cool photographs of rattlers. Yeah. The, uh... Being in the southeast, like you know, rattlesnakes and copperheads, I'd, I'll take a rattlesnake any day because you know that it's there and you can get away yeah, from it. You know, exactly. cop, copperhead, you, right? You don't. You know, they don't tell you. So I yeah. hear you. I hear you yeah. on that one. I'd yeah. much rather just yeah. know. So I'm good with the rattle. Um, exactly. Yeah. So you did surprise me on picking the desert over the high mountains, though. Um, I want to go to water for a second. We kind of touched on this earlier, and I remember in the um, in the episode fifty nine, you talked about the the fact that you had to pull some water for some really nasty cattle yeah. mud holes. Um, do you want to talk about the yeah. water the water issues on your hike? Yeah, I, I'm sure. Um, when I went, yeah, when I went into it, I've just always kind of been an old school um, water filter. Use a Catadyne water filter. I've used one for years, and uh, so I, I just went into it. That figured I'll, um, you know, use a water filter and bring a number of filters to replace the ones that get dirty, and uh, it, it surprisingly worked out for me because I mean there were times when I had to filter uh, these what they call cow tanks, but they're just mud holes with big mud ponds with, um, you know, and with cows literally inside of it, you know, in it. And it's the only water I had. And, um, I just, you know, filter it and do a little prayer and it worked out. (laughs) Uh, I guess, I guess you'd have to say the catadine water filter, um, Pass the test on on that one. Bart, you just Mm -hmm. gave an incredible endorsement to your water filter maker. That's all I'm saying. That's true. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. Catadine, there you go. So that's the way I did it. But and when um, when I did it in 2009, there were locations where they did the the volunteers would sta- uh, cash water, um, but it was kind of few and far between. Now, from what I understand, they've really dramatically increased the availability of. Uh, uh, cached water um yeah, but uh one, the year i did it that was that was was a uh, bit more of a challenge yeah i read that on the arizona trail website so um i did see that they do make an attempt to you know you guys probably didn't have that luxury in 2009 as much but you know i know i know you yeah. pushed a cart a fair amount on some of these trails in the flat areas on the Arizona Trail, were you able to push a cart when you needed to take a lot of no, water? No, you didn't do that. Okay, no, I got you. No, yeah, the Arizona, yep, the, yeah, the Arizona Trail um, wouldn't have the terrain. Uh, oh, with the sand, uh, it's uh, not exactly yeah, terrain. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah. got you. On the on the the only time the two trails that I used uh, the cart on in the National Scenic Trails was the on about 800 miles of the North Country Trail, and that was just on. Uh, canal sections where it okay. follows the historic canals mm-hmm. and road roadblock sections and that kind of stuff. And then I did do um, just a little bit of the CDT through the uh, Great Basin area. Okay. So the the cart's not really a typical solution no. for you, I guess. No, no, 
Yeah. No. Yeah, you, know, you, you wouldn't want to use the card on this. Yeah, <laughs> it sounds like it. I did see on the website that they recommend you carry two to four gallons of water. Um, I mean, were you carrying that much at times? There was, there was, there was one. I mean, several occasions when I had to carry. Um, or my choice was to deal with the situation was I had, would carry three quarts of water on my backpack and then literally uh, in my hand I'd have a gallon of water. And then I'd kind of drink the gallon, you know, sort of fast while I'm hiking just to get rid of the weight. Um, that was one. I, I remember there's like two, two areas where I had to do that, and it worked out pretty well. That's some legit weight. Yeah. You're carrying some real pounds exactly. there. Was there ever a point where you thought you were going to run out of water? On the Arizona Trail, I mean, it has happened on other trails. On the Arizona Trail, uh, I got low. I got low. And, it, I mean, it's scary. I mean, you don't, you know, you, you don't want to run out of water and not have access to it. But um, I, I, I was able to make it to uh, the spring. And the year I did it, I, th- I think I was kind of fortunate in that uh, all the springs – that we're supposed to be running we're running uh well so um at least i did have that to rely you know i maybe i shouldn't have relied on it but it worked out for me yeah i mean i was reading online it sounds like this is one of those years where the springs aren't running like they were for you so um, i know there's some trail angels that uh, certainly help with the water caches as you yeah have alluded and, and to. that's what i was saying i mean i think that's yeah, yeah that I, I think they've really advanced that um, in fact, I, know, I mean, reading from the blogs, that's what, what they're saying. Yeah, what was the trail? I mean, you know, this was 12 years ago, 11, 12 years ago. What, what was the Trail Angel yeah. network like when you were going through? Was there a lot of trail magic, or was it still kind of in the early years? Um, well, it, it, was, it definitely was in the early years. Um, but, I mean, there were a few people that were really critically involved with the Arizona Trail. But, I mean, that's a little different from what you're talking about. But um, as far as people being aware that through hikers were coming through, uh, I mean, the one area of trail magic I had was um, when I, it, it was the toughest day, uh, um, at, in retrospect, it was the toughest day. It started out, it, it was a beautiful day. I, I didn't, uh, I, I was feeling great as coming out of uh, Roosevelt Lake, going up into the four, uh, four Peaks wilderness area. And um through beautiful country, but it's a lot of elevation. And, uh, I just went through water much more quicker than I had anticipated. And I got to, like, it's around five o'clock and I was just exhausted. I mean, really drained. And, um, it was the only, one of the rare times when I thought, well, maybe it would be smarter if I turned back. Cause I knew that the spring was going to be quite a ways away. And so I was really close to, uh, turning around. And um, just went a little further. I mean, like literally 10 yards is weird. And then came to uh, a cache where somebody had put some water. So it's um, maybe oh. somebody knew that that was, a, you know, if the, once you get to that spot. But talk about trail magic. I mean, that's, that, that saved me right there. That's it, yeah. man. That's trail magic all day long. Yeah, yeah. yeah well, right. so, so let's talk about resupply for a second. I mean, I know there's some towns that uh, – you know, you kind of go near, go close enough to, to get groceries and certainly get water too. Um, what what are I mean? What's the resupply like? Like, you know, how long are you typically carrying it, food? Uh, I I yeah, I kind of remember that being a challenge. I mean, as as trails go, the Arizona Trail uh, doesn't go near a lot of 
big places. Um, hmm. Like you come to a little town, I want to say it was Oracle. And, uh, you know, I, I think there was like a grocery store. They, they'll have enough where I just bought food as I went. Okay. No mail drops? No, 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 okay. no. I, I, I rarely, I in fact, I, yeah, I haven't done mail drops since the early 90s, yeah. What, what about cashing? Did you have to, like, do some food caches, or you didn't need them? You could find... Uh, no, the, I did. Uh, the only cache I did uh, right before I started, I, uh, I was, you know, it's driving through the desert, going to uh, Sierra Vista, and you think, my God, I'm going to be hiking through this? <laughs> and it kind of dawned on me, you know, maybe I should at least uh, put some water caches for the first 100 miles. So I actually... Um, spend an extra two days. I, I drove back and, and stored water along the trail at certain areas because I didn't know if people would or at that time. Mm-hmm. And um, and that got me to the Sonora, to the Saguaro National Park. And from then on, it worked out. And, and it probably would have worked out if I didn't catch the water, but it was nice to know that it was there. Yeah, sure. And uh, so, so I did catch water for the first 100 miles. And of course, obviously, you know, when... You know, you hike, you carry all the uh, the plastic out with you. That's that's no no brainer, right? Yeah, yeah. These are buried. I mean, do you yep. bury them in the ground? Is it is that how you did it? No, no. I I, I usually kind of hide it under bushes, not too far from a road crossing, and I would just remember where I put it. Okay. Know? Is um so I know you said there's not a lot of towns. Is, was there any town that was particularly fun, like a really good stop? Um. I mean, was it uh, Superior's kind of a cool little place? Superior, Arizona? Yeah, yeah, that's neat. Um, Flagstaff, it's funny, I don't remember much about Flagstaff, but I know that I bought new boots. Yeah, I had to actually buy, and I I forgot all about that, but I just was reading in my slides, or in my images uh, on the metadata, and I mentioned that I had to get new boots in uh, Flagstaff, and I started with brand new boots, so that was like 500, they only lasted 500 miles of it. Arizona Trail. So it is a rugged trail. I mean, just you know, the tread. I mean, it's just a rugged, sharp in, in certain parts of the desert. It just tears your shoes up. It sounds like because you obviously yeah exactly them. exactly um, You're right when you when you were going through and again this was uh, you know ten eleven twelve years ago but um, were there were there hostels at the time when you were going through? Not that no no not not for certainly not for through hikers. Um, uh, no, <laughs> okay. not that I'm aware of. Yeah. Interesting. What, uh, what, I mean, yeah. when you were out there, what, what do you think was your best day on the, on the Arizona trail? Um, I guess it's, it's, you'd have to say if I had to take one of them, it would be hiking the Grand Canyon Yeah, okay. going all the way down and almost all the way back up. And, uh, it was just a beautiful day and had really dramatic weather different times and uh um yeah it was just a incredible experience yeah that's a tough hike out of there too i mean i've done it and it's not easy yeah, yeah, okay then yeah it, it goes and goes and goes yeah it's a long way up there and uh another going through the uh the saguaro desert i've already talked about it, but just i remember one morning where it was just so beautiful and, and it was like 70 degrees you know, and you know that in like another month, you know, it's going to be completely inhospitable. But uh, if you if you can get in the desert at the, you know, on a on a nice spring day, I mean, it, it's tough to beat. It's just and from a 
photographic standpoint. You know, yeah, just yeah. Loved it, yeah. yeah. I mean, you were talking about the flowers before. Did you have any in- interesting encounters yeah. with people when you were hiking, like uh, good, bad, uh, odd, whatever? Uh, yeah. Uh, all, not a lot. Like I say, I didn't run into a lot of people. Um, I did run into uh, a real character of a, a gal who operated a, a ranch called, I want to say it was the LF Ranch. With it, it was interesting because it was grandfathered into, um, I think it's a Mazatzal wilderness. I'm probably mispronouncing that. But, um, but she, uh, she, she invited me to her place, and she's just the nicest person and um, just a really neat, interesting person who lived out there. I think that's, I've heard that since that time. She's no longer there, but uh, she, was, she was a trail angel. I mean, she was just uh, uh, really really generous with their time yeah so it's her and uh and then the the two guys that were through hiking they were complete characters and so uh, yeah they, they, uh, there was uh this professor gadget and barbed wire that mm. was their trail names and they, yeah. they were they were hiking together it sounds like yeah it was a uh stepson and his uh stepdad and mm. they yeah, one of them had lost his job, and so he, they had like four months to do to stop fun. So they were just going really slow, um, which is kind of a fun way to do it. I've never heard of anybody just you know doing five miles a day kind of thing. I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it was a little different than that because they had to deal with the water issues, but they were having a great time. Yeah. So yeah, yeah that's different what it's ways all about. to hike. I mean, there, there's so many different. You know, yeah. Um, Everybody, the the adage to hike your own hike is so true. Cause yeah, that's you just want to you know hike whatever, make it whatever works for you. Yeah. So Bart, you've hiked thirty plus long distance trails. I'm just curious what um, is different about hiking in the desert, and you know maybe for the listeners, other than the fact that you have water issues, but you know what suggestions do you have for for hikers that are taking on that kind of terrain? Um. Yeah. It's. It really does present a serious challenge. I mean, on a lot of the historic trails, like with the uh, old Spanish trail, I was hiking through a serious desert, and um, uh, you just uh, recognize how precious water is. Um, But uh, so when you say if I have... uh, Well, is there there anything... Suggestions. Well, yeah. Is there anything you need to do different when you're in that kind of climate? I mean, obviously, you got to be... Uh, mindful yeah. of water but are you what gear wise are you packing different kind of gear for that kind of climate uh I, i'll have to have the gear that i had when i was in you know colder areas so um so i'm not like uh hiking specifically for just desert i don't know if that makes sense but um the main thing i with anything is just don't panic if, if, the, if things are going well just to to relax and, and take your time and uh, I, but when you get low on water, just take little sips and, uh, and actually having, uh, like a lifesavers, bring some lifesavers actually does help get your mouth feel like it's wow, that's an interesting, not drying out. That's an interesting trail tip there. I like that. But your, your gear was yeah. not really significantly different than you'd take on other trails is what I'm hearing. Right. Yeah. Only because like on the Pony Express Trail, uh, we went through a lot of desert, but we also went through mountains. So yeah, it was okay. the same. same yeah, I got gotcha. you. Yeah, no, that, that yeah. makes sense. You got to yeah. be ready for all, all climates. 
Um, right. I mean, given all your experience, what, how do you rate the difficulty of this trail compared to some others you've done? Uh, yeah, I, I, I put it pretty high. I mean, I, you know, I've rated one to ten. Yeah. Maybe a seven. <laughs> wow. Okay. Uh, it, it's tough. Yeah. It was t- but I mean, every I mean, the Continental Divide Trail stuff. Um, but but uh, it is de- definitely a, a challenging trail. Yeah. How do you rate it compared mm-hmm. to like the Appalachian Trail, which maybe more people are familiar with? How would you put it against that? Yeah, it's it's sort uh, it's a kind of a bit of apples and oranges because you're 800 miles to 2,000. And the AT stuff too. Yeah, okay, um, that's fair. But yeah, it's it's a different kind of tough, uh, just because with the heat and uh, and the um, flat challenge with the water. Um, but they're both tough. I mean, there's the Appalachian Trail. That's a tough trail. Yeah, a lot of up and down. Yeah. You know, and speaking yeah. of, speaking of tough, I read on the uh, Arizona Trail website they've got some areas closed this year. Interestingly, the border wall construction had closed uh, some of the uh, area that you probably started from, and then um, huh. they're having issues, I guess, with some fire areas where they're trying to get them to recover. Did you have any closed sections during your hike? I'm trying to think. Uh, not on the Arizona Trail. I've had that happen on on the North Country Trail, on the, on, on the Pacific Northwest Trail. I have had that happen a number of times, but on the Arizona Trail, uh, I don't think so. No. Mm, okay. But I, I, yeah, I think I, I read that uh, Four Peaks Wilderness has been closed due to forest fire for a while. But I, I want to say that they're planning on opening that soon. But I, I'm not sure. You have to look into it. Yeah, back to that fire thing in the West, man. It's legit. Like you know, in terms of being smart <sighs> about campfires and stoves, you can't under understate that for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I know. Yeah. Hey, so I'm, I, 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 we had talked about this on the last podcast on what hikes you would do again, and you said you would definitely do the Pacific Crest Trail. I think you said you'd do the Pacific Northwest Trail again. Would you do the Arizona yeah. again? Uh, uh, sure. I mean, uh, yeah, yeah. Especially after looking it over, you know, for this talk we did. Yeah. And, you know, everything, these trails do change. Um, I know that the area there's an area uh i want to say it was walnut canyon but that, that might not be right but um where they've rerouted it and it's supposed to go through you know beautiful country as well hmm. and uh so yeah so and just for various reasons yeah it'd be it'd be great to re hike that trail the yeah. arizona trail same with the appalachian trail you know i was I, i'm reading a book uh, called where the less where less the path is worn by a good friend of mine uh nimble will nomad okay and that's a, and he hiked it in uh 2000 uh what was that 2000 uh, 2000 i think year 2000 and um reading his book but it's just you know I, i'm already forgetting a lot of aspects of the appalachian trail so um you know i think man it'd be fun to rehike that one again hey bart you got to give him some kudos because i know you hiked with him on um some long distance trails he's the only other guy other than you that's hiked all 30 of the national historic uh and uh, scenic trails, is that correct? Well, no, that's not quite right. Really? Um, there's a couple of just a couple of the uh, national historic trails that uh, he's that aren't on his uh, hiking list. But my God, he's hiked, you know, a lot of areas besides that. He's, um, but but as far as the uh, he's walked all of the national uh, 
National Scenic Trails, and uh, probably, uh, I mean, quite a few of the National Historic Trails. And then, like I say, he's walked many, many other places as well. So yeah, yeah, he's a he's a you know it's, it's really fun being able to hike with him. On uh, he and I did parts of the uh, Pony Express Trail and yep. uh, California Trail and the um, and the Mormon Pioneer Trail. Yep. And uh, what a what a character to hike with, you know. So that was that was great. Yeah, you talked about that before in your other podcast or in the other podcast. Is there okay. any is there any um, anyone else that's even close to what the two of you guys have done that you're aware of? Uh, well, I, I mean, there's people that have hiked more mileage certainly than me. Um, but as far as concentrating on the national in, national trails, I know that, that there is a fellow, and uh, uh, unfortunately his name escapes me, but uh, he's he's completing all the national scenic trails, uh, and uh, I think he's on pretty good pace to to do so. So it'd be it'd be really fun if. Uh, Nimble Nomad and I could be there when he when he completes. Yeah. I don't know what trails his last trail, but uh, Dude, that's, that's, but yeah, sounds like he's going to be sounds like he's going to be walking all the national scenic trails. But but as far as doing all the national historic trails, I can't, I seriously doubt if anybody's going to do that again. I don't know, uh, just because they're they're their own unique experience that uh, yeah has a other level of different challenges and. Uh, I just kind of doubt that people are going to walk all of the National Historic Trails. Yeah, you, you and, and again, the listeners can go back to episode 59 because you talk about that. But, you know, I think you had to paddle. Okay. You had yeah. to paddle some places. You had to walk, like, inter- yeah, interstates yeah. in some places. Yep. So, um, yep, yep. kudos to you for knocking that out. What Can we go international? <laughs> can we go international for a second? Uh, maybe. Yeah, well, so you, last time I <laughs> – last here's why, well, here's why I say this. So Bart, the last time we talked, mm-hmm. you were just getting ready to go to the Inca Trail. I'm curious how that went. Oh yeah, it went fantastic. Yeah, yeah, okay. that's right. Yeah, uh, it was it was great. Um, did you, was it you? Just you? I mean, well, you went with a group, but what, did your did your wife go with you? Yeah, no, no, just myself. Okay. And um, and like you say, you, you pay for a guide. Yeah, and right. with a group. And yeah, it was kind of fun for me, um, kind of unique in a way in that uh, I was with, um, you know, a bunch of 20 year olds from Germany and hmm. England and yeah. uh, Spain. And they're all having a great time. And they, they were, they, they put up with me. And so it was great. It was a fun experience. Yeah. And, you know, we also talked too. I know you, uh, you have interest in, in England and Scotland. And I think when we talked last oh, okay. time, you, you were, you know, just had said that that might be an area that you'd like to do some long distance hikes in. Have you, um, there, by the way, there's a podcast about the Scottish Highlands. You know, there's a, uh, event that you can do there that, um, is, uh, uh, you have to actually submit a plan, but there's a bunch of hikers hmm. that go out and do it every year. So just curious, have you made it back to England or Scotland? Uh, nope. Uh, like I said, I mean, the, this past years, you know, changed everything for everybody so but even if that i mean uh it's definitely on my list you know it's definitely on my list but it was only last year that i well two years ago that I finished all the all the national trails and i do have my, my home and yard and uh everything <laughs> other responsibilities <laughs> there is that thing called life isn't there yeah, yeah i hear you hard to always just put up 
hard to put on the shelf and go do everything. That totally Good makes to sense. To go live the life of Riley, life of Riley, I should say. Yeah, and hey, just to if you're curious, it's episode seventy-seven. It's about the TGO Challenge, which is a two hundred mile sea to sea crossing of the Scottish Highlands in the United Kingdom. Wow! So there you go, man. That sounds like that sounds yeah. like it's tailor made for you. Yeah, yeah. And, and and you have to submit a plan. They won't let you go if you don't submit a plan. So uh, that makes it even more interesting. Wow. I'll be darned. Yeah, TGO I'll Challenge. Check it out. Yeah. TGO Challenge. Nice. Hey, so, uh, so Bart, as we kind of wrap this up, what advice do you have for uh, those that are looking for these long-distance hikes? I mean, you're, you're unique in the fact that you made, you made a, a, a lifestyle out of it. A lot of people have uh, not been able to follow your lead. Do you have any suggestions? Um, I mean, it's so individual. You know, it's just uh, um, it, I'm really lucky to have done what I've done. I mean, really, I, I, I recognize that. Um, but, uh, so it's hard for me to tell other people, you know, to, to go follow your dreams and, and do it no matter what. Um, but it's, it's worked out so far, but, uh, I do have to make money. There is that, uh, there is that little issue. <laughs> but, yeah, uh, there, there's no escape from that, man. It's coming one way or another. I know it. Right. Yeah. No, gosh darn it. But I am hoping to sell prints and, uh. Because I, I do have a unique collection of imageries of America, you know, showcasing our, you know, national trails. So I, I am looking forward to trying to uh, get a gallery, maybe a national, a gallery that could show. I mean, it, it's kind of a big dream, but this whole thing's been a big dream. So why not? Well, why stop now? So yeah, that's what life's about, man. Dream big. Uh, you know. So hey, let's go back. Right. To, you're basically alluding to your books. Let's hit them again. So Earl Schaefer, you got the Appalachian Trail calling me back to the hills. You've got the um, yeah, the Pacific Crest, Continental, North Country, Ice Age, Potomac, Florida. Uh, there's like a hardcover book you did with uh, Karen Berger, right? Well, well, yeah. The um, that's correct. Yep. Uh, yeah. Karen and I have uh, see we've collaborated now on three di- three books. Um, America's Great Hiking Trails, uh, published by Rizzoli. That one came out in two thousand and fourteen, and it actually won the uh, Lowell Thomas Award for the two thousand fifteen Gold Award for a travel book, and it's um, been selling fantastic. Uh, super proud of that, and that uh, it showcases the national scenic trails. And then the book that we just um, collaborated on this past year uh, with, with Karen providing the uh, a really fantastic uh, text with, uh, with my images, and that's America's National Historic Trails, uh, Walking the Trails of History, and that's also published by Rizzoli. And then the other one is uh, that came out this year is Hiking Trails of the Pacific Northwest, and that's also published by Rizzoli. And that um, Craig Romano, who people in the Pacific Northwest will recognize him. He, uh, he's a, a writer of a guidebook writer for Hiking Trails of the Northwest, and he he and Bill Sullivan uh, do the the text for that book, and it's beautiful. It's fantastic. So, um, really excited to have these books, you know, come out now. Um, and looking forward to publicizing them, but uh, kind of waiting, hoping to get vaccinated and get back to where you can actually <laughs> get in front of people and talk to people. I mean, isn't that going to be crazy if, yeah. if, if we can ever get to that? Yeah. Yeah, great. How did you get Ken Burns to give you a, a little promo? That's pretty cool, actually, that you got him to, you know, 
I guess it's the whole historical yeah, connection, right? Yeah, and the publisher um, publisher helped helped out, and Karen helped out. Hmm. Um, but yeah, super honored to have uh, to have Ken. he he and uh, Dayton Duncan wrote write just a fantastic forward introducing the book. So um, yeah, that is really cool to be part of that yeah that's awesome and so you also have an instagram account if i remember uh, about your photography do you do you still have that do you want to plug it uh yeah uh, i people can go to it i haven't um with with the whole social media thing i, I guess that's one area where i don't know i need to step up or something but mm. i just um i i have the instagram out there I'll, I'll be getting to it at some point but there's people can go to it and there's a lot of amazing images if you want to go through it um, but, but I'm kind of old school. I mean, uh, I, my, my whole kind of, my focus is for books. I just really am all about coffee table books. And so if people want to follow, if they could buy the book, man, that, that helps actually it does help me, you know, financially too. Um, you know, would give me an option to, or an opportunity to keep going if, if these books can sell well. So it does help me in that yeah, regard. That is always important. It is. Any other suggestions on how listeners can follow you? Um, I know that in April, uh, the Wild West magazine is putting out a 12-page article on my walking the historic trails, which is really cool. I mean, I've seen it, and it's, it's fantastic. So I don't know how many people have access to Wild West magazine, but that's, that's coming out in April. Um, and then uh, I do have a Facebook page, uh, but um, like I say, I don't do a, as much um, social media as I probably should. But then, I don't know, there's part of me that thinks that as a society, we're going way too into social media. But anyways, that's, that's kind of a, <laughs> yeah, uh, that's a whole other conversation. Time. Yeah, agreed. Exactly, exactly. Yeah. I, any, any final thoughts, just uh, final takeaways that people should uh... – have about the Arizona Trail? Um, I would just, I mean, if, if somebody's looking for a good adventure, I mean, and, and you have to be looking, you know, on the side of the adventure part of it. Um, I, I, it's hard to find another trail that I could recommend more highly. Just uh, uh, for the different, and the different amount of um, environments that you go through. It's uh, it, the most um, most environments per mile of all the national trails. So um, I, I would thoroughly recommend it. So, Bart, with all your experience, I'm also curious, if somebody that has not, never done a long-distance hike or a through-hike, where, where would you send them for, for their first hike? You know, you've got 30 experiences. Yeah. Where, where would you send them? Well, uh, to be honest, the easiest would be the uh, Potomac National Scenic Trail. That goes from uh, Georgetown, D.C. to um, to Pittsburgh. And it's just a pleasant walk. And what's wrong with having a, a pleasant walk? I mean, just for somebody who's never um, walk, you know, done a through hike before. Um, but, uh, you know, so many people start on the Appalachian Trail, which uh, surprised me how many are able to you know, do the whole thing and God bless them because it, you know, as we know, it's, it's not an easy trail, just especially for somebody who's never hiked before. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, but, but somebody who's never walked, I mean, I would say the Potomac trail. 
Yeah. Okay. Is is there um yeah so, is there a trail in that thirty that gives you everything the AT does but in a lot shorter distance? Like for instance, the Long Trail in Vermont, right? Or something else yeah. that comes yeah. on? Yeah. Um, uh, there is the New England Trail. Uh, okay. The New England go. Trail is a bit of a challenge in that um, water, believe it or not, can be uh, getting access to water can be a bit of a challenge with that one. But yeah, just for a you know 230 mile hike, uh, the New England Trail kind of gives you a good feel for the AT. Yeah, I mean some of those uh, some of those areas up in New England though are tough. That is not the easiest walking terrain on the planet. I mean, I, I guess the the other trail you referenced before, it sounds like it might be like a canal trail, like a, a rails trail. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. It follows the um, CNO Canal. Oh, so it's fairly flat. So gotcha. perfect. It, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pleasant, beautiful. A um, lot of bird life, and yeah, real pleasant hike. Awesome. Well, uh, Bart, it's been a real pleasure to have you back. I. I you know, as soon as we talked the first time, I was dying to talk to you again. So I'm glad we had a chance to do this again. Yeah, I appreciate it. Uh, it's it's funny for me, you know, I don't do a lot of talking, so it's almost like uh, now after like a an hour, I, I I reach a certain limit where it's like I have a hard time. Hopefully, it worked out. <laughs> yeah, no, I think you did a great job, man. I really appreciate you taking time to come back on the podcast. No, it's great. I really do appreciate having the opportunity to, you know, tell about my story and, and try to uh, talk up our um, uh, national trail system. You know, so thank you, Bart. You've got a great story. I, I will say that when I uh-huh. when I read your article in Backpacker, I was blown away, and then to have you on the show was uh, was uh, really special. So thanks for thanks for doing it again. Well, and hopefully we can do it again. Yeah. All the time. Well, it doesn't sound like you're stopping uh-huh. hiking anytime soon, so we'll have plenty to talk. I, about. I hope not. I certainly hope not. Let let me know when you do the TGO challenge. Oh, no, there we go. All right. <laughs> I'll, I'll let you know. All right. Well, to you take care, Bart. Good talking to you again. Okay. Thank you so much. All righty. You've been listening to the N2 Backpacking Podcast. This is your host, Bird Shooter. Wishing you the best for your travels on the trail. To subscribe to the show, visit iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon, or your favorite podcast app. And give us a thumbs up or a positive comment while you're there. You can also stream shows directly from n2backpacking.com. Just click the podcast tab on the main menu. Music from the show was provided by Jarrus under a Creative Commons license and is titled Hillbilly Anarchy. The show is a production of N2 Backpacking and is copyrighted by N2 Ventures, Inc. For more information on this podcast or to provide feedback or comments on this or future shows, please visit us at n2backpacking.com. That's the letter N, the number 2, backpacking.com.